Hey, it's Cameo, and welcome. Just like you, I wear many hats, and sometimes I feel overwhelmed by the demands of everyday life. And there was a time when I felt lost, stuck, and unsure of how or where to start the transformation that I needed. And that's why we're here, to share experiences, lessons, tools, and tips for shaking up your life and living for you. I'm glad you're here, so let's get into it. So I saw this story the other day and it reminded me of something that I wanted to talk about. And you may or may not have ever heard this, but there's this story, which actually isn't even fully true, but of Thomas Edison when he was a little boy, that he came home with a letter that said, this is for your mom to read only. And he handed it to her. And as she read it, she read aloud to him that the teacher was telling her, your son is gifted and we can no longer teach him here. You'll have to school him at home. And so he stopped going to school and he was schooled at home by his mom. And then all the years later when his mom passed and he was going through the items that she owned, he came across the letter and he opened it up and read it. And in fact, the letter didn't say your son is gifted and we we don't have the ability to teach him here. It said your son is mentally deficient. And so he'll need to stay at home. And the reason that I think that reminded me and, and struck me so hard is because true or not, it doesn't matter. That is like just a beautiful example of how words matter and the stories that we tell ourselves, how they 100% form our belief in ourselves, And it's not just how we talk to ourselves, but how we talk to others or how others talk to us. And so I think there's a large lesson to be learned there that the way that we position deficiencies or the way that we look at ourselves in comparison to others can be framed in a way that puts us in an environment that's beneficial. Yeah, that's a great story. I love that story. It's not true. I, I think if you like Snopes it, it says that there was no letter, no such letter. But whoever What's, came up with the letter, you know, yeah. the intent behind it was is a beautiful story. And it makes me reflect then on like the ways that I've spoken to myself and told myself whether I can or can't do something or how we framed different things with our own kids, you know, about what they can or can't do and how if that has limited their belief in themselves in some way. It then sparks a curiosity around like other people and their potential and like how has that been fostered and what environment have they become accustomed to that maybe has limited or the flip side encouraged them in a way that they may not have been otherwise? I can honestly say that um, I am a product of that, you know, nature and nurture, which one is it? But I feel like for me, I'm a musician. I love music. I'm passionate about it. I feel like it's probably the thing that I'm best at on my journey so far in life. Uh, playing the drums, you know, and I feel like my whole childhood growing up, my mom just would always tell me that I was a great drummer. You're doing a great job. Very just empowering and telling me I was doing a great job. And that just starts to become your, well, I'm doing a good job and I like this and I I like the feedback. So it's kind of like gives you this boost of confidence And then that's the story you kind of tell yourself. And maybe that's 
in the Thomas Edison story, his mom, you're such a great inventor. You're such a great, you understand how business works. You understand how things come together. You understand the science. And and maybe he didn't in that story, but maybe that just excited him about it, you know? I think he was actually what we call today dyslexic. I think he, in my research and understanding about him, that he was always brilliant. It just, they weren't able to like foster the brilliance in him because it was different than how they knew how to teach. So, so I say that because I wonder how many opportunities there are for people that go unnoticed because Mm -hmm. the environment that they're in isn't recognizable, right? Mm -hmm. There's no capacity there to recognize because it's limited scope. The reason that I bookmarked it in the first place to have a conversation about was because when I did see it and I did read it, it made me question whether as a mom, for example, I have been able, because it's about his mom, right? So then I immediately go to, gosh, have I been in positions like that where maybe I could have pretended, I could have reframed the words. Particular instance that I'm talking about is pertaining to Ben. And I brought it up to you the other day. We're so lucky that he has his sight at all, but along with his need for a heavy prescription and what he's gone through with his vision because he was born early, there are some limitations upon him. And I wondered when I read that, have we, have I presented that to Ben in a way that has been limiting instead of empowering? Instead of saying, you can't play contact sports because of your eyes. What's another way that we could frame that that would empower him and protect him from feeling like I can't do something? That's why I bookmarked it in the first place as as more of a reflective point of like inciting curiosity in the way that I choose my own words or in the way that I choose to present things to myself, to the kids, to Ben in that example was the first one that popped into my mind. Yeah, just awareness of of how you talk to others and talk to yourself and, you know, because it does matter how you frame things and how you, you word them. Well, especially to kids, right? Because in these early years, that's the narrative that then becomes their own internal voice. Yeah. Which then as you peel back the layers here, what are some of the things that I associated that I was told I couldn't do? or that I was limited by when I was young that still stick with me all the way into being a 40-year-old woman that are just complete nonsense, but I still believe them because of the way that they were told to me because I was presented with information that may or may not have been true. It's so important during the formative years, you know, childhood years, that's when the operating system is being developed. And then you're spending the next 20 years into your adult life trying to un- unravel it and try to make sense of it all. And it's like, man, I was always told this, but it's not that way at all. Or that was accurate. Like what if when you were a little boy and you were encouraged to be a drummer, the praise that you received and the encouragement that you received set you up to go on and believe in yourself as a drummer. But what if there were other areas where maybe you weren't so great in spelling? We'll use spelling as the example. What if instead of The narrative in your head still as a 45-year-old man is, I'm not a great speller. What if it but what if the words matter there too? Like you're a great speller, Greg. You're just 
you're just creative about the way that you spell words. You spell them the yeah. way that they sound. And there's nothing like, what if that narrative was different? Would you view the way that you spell differently? Well, that and made the way me you feel, feel about it. Yeah. When I read the Rick Rubin book, his recent book, uh, that's what he says in there is I write words the way, the way I think they should be spelled. And, and if the, if the reader gets what I'm trying to say, like, so does he misspell it. words in the book? Not in the book. No. Okay. He says it like, yeah, that's the case. But then an editor went in and said, nope. Yeah. <laughs> that's not uh, this how that's is spelled. how this word should be spelled. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, that, that's how I am too. Like I, I spell so bad that when I'm writing an email or something, it'll, it doesn't even know what word I'm trying to spell. It's like, <laughs> we, sorry, we can't help you, sir. There's so, no spell check. I, I'm way off on the spelling thing. So. Well, I'm just playing devil's advocate and saying, instead of accepting that you were a bad speller, if the words that you were telling yourself mattered back then, and you were like, I am a good speller. I, I spell words the way they sound. And so therefore just because yeah. it may not be right on paper, I wonder if that changes then your perception of what's possible or if it changes yeah. the way that you feel about yourself from a confidence standpoint, you know? Yeah. Sure. That's I'm that's sure. why I wondered about the Ben thing really was because I, I just wondered if we had presented that in a different way, would he maybe embrace music in a, in a different way? You know, mm -hmm. if if instead of taking it away from him by saying you can't do that because it's not safe for you because of this, if it was presented in a way of like, I don't even know. I don't even know the right way to have presented it because I obviously didn't yeah. do it right at the time. Thomas Edison's mom got it right, yeah. you know? And that story is not true, but we're talking about it like it's true, but it's just a great example. It's a great just example. It's a great story. Yeah, yeah. If I hadn't read that and been reminded yeah. that I had heard that somewhere, I wouldn't be asking these questions. I wouldn't be yeah. thinking about how can I get better at changing the way that I talk to myself? How can I get better at the phrases that I use and make sure that they're not limiting and make sure that they are encouraging? It's amazing how ruthlessly negative we can be to ourselves. And like if a total stranger was talking to us the way we talk to ourselves sometimes, it would be like, what? So I think that's, that's something to be just aware of is like, you know, we're talking about framing things in a way that is spun to be a positive. And it's like, that also plays for how your self-talk is and being aware of that auditing that, like, how do I, how am I talking to myself here? I, I mean, I know if I'm bit in my deep work zone, I'm working away and I, and I mess something up. I mean, I'm the first one to be like, oh, you idiot, you know, and I'm like, and I'll catch Sometimes myself. Sometimes you like, audibly say that, like I'll hear you in the other room so or, stupid. yeah, or we'll yeah. be like doing yeah. something and you mess something up and you are like, God, I'm so dumb. I'm like, yeah, my, my computer keeps crashing. Uh, my Logic Pro sessions keep crashing or the, it just stops working for whatever reason. And I got to reset the whole thing. And I'm like in the zone. I have a limited amount of time. It's, it just upsets me. I mean, it's yeah. just like, oh my God, you know, so. But it has nothing to do with you. It, yeah, but yeah. Or your it's, intelligence it's, level. Yeah. So I'm working on it. How we but talk to ourselves in comparison to how we talk to others is a huge conversation that I think everyone benefits from because it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what your background is, what you do for a living. We all have it. We all have yeah. the negative voice in our head and we yeah. all also would never 
unleash the negative voice in our head on anyone else. And if we did, they'd be out of our life because it's just, it's not, it's abusive. We have an abusive relationship with our own voice in our head. A lot of times. It's, it sounds funny to say that, but that is 100% accurate. Call it what it is. And, And it's, it's just our ego's way of protecting us from failure, looking stupid, being, you know, outcast from the herd because of, standing out or making a mistake or whatever. And it's like, just knowing enough to be aware of that and be like, no, no, I I can do this. I think I can. I think I can. I was just thinking when you said like, so stupid and all these things or being embarrassed. I was thinking about when we went to the ball stadium and I was going to sing the national anthem for the spring game, the Pittsburgh pirates, play their spring games here where we live in Florida and they have open tryouts for people in the community to come sing the national anthem. And I have a history of singing the national anthem from when I was a little girl all the way to gosh, early adulthood. And I thought, gosh, all these years later, I'm in my thirties. Now I still got it. I'm going to do this. This is like my thing. So we all went as a family And it was cold and rainy that day in Florida. And we sat in that stadium and listened to 20 other people go ahead of me. But what they didn't do was give you a number. They were just calling names. So name after name was called. And I had no idea who I was after because I didn't know anyone in the stadium. So I didn't know who I was like looking for. Right. And at some point I was like, I have to go pee. I'm going to pee my pants. So. I went to the bathroom and as soon as I was in. Which was like way down the first baseline. Like around first ba- the dugout. Yeah. On the know. backside of the dugout, basically. Yeah. And as soon as I'm in position to take care of business, Greg runs in and yells, babe, they just called your They're name. Calling your name. Literally pants around my ankles caught. And I had <laughs> to run out of there out onto the field. And before I started, realized like I'm completely out of breath. It was, it was atrocious. And I, I mean, I did it, I got through it, but it was awful. And I was breathy and I couldn't breathe and I was nervous. And then I was mad when I realized what was happening. And I like wanted a do over so bad. I wasn't going to get, and when it was done, I was so mortified. Most, I didn't know anybody there, but mostly to myself, but to you guys, you know, the, the kids were there, they were little, it was embarrassing. And I remember how I behaved in that moment. I behaved externally a fraction of what was going on internally though. Like I was yeah. so upset and angry at myself, even though it was out of my control. And it yeah. was like, I wouldn't, I would have never, now it's funny. Like all these yeah. years later, I can laugh about it. I even like emailed the person putting it on like, Hey, I just want to let you know that it would probably be I was better. Just breathy it'd probably be a better idea to like give people numbers. So they know like where you are in the process because I left to go to the bathroom and you called my name. I had no frame of reference. Anyway, I, I, the reason that popped into my head was because I, if that happened to you or to one of our kids or to a friend and I was there to support them, I would have never been like, you're such an idiot why did you get up and go to the bathroom? You had, you could have waited and you, you know, I just, all the things that I put myself through, I would have never, ever said to anyone else in that moment. 
But I, I stormed out of there. You guys were probably like, wow, she's nuts. I was so embarrassed, so hurt, so disappointed, and so mean to myself, basically the entire ride home. And part of that was because I had associated being successful in that area with my identity so much that when that happened for like one of the first times ever, I was like, oh my God, I don't still have it. <laughs> like, who do I think I am? And then, and then that train starts running, right? This conversation. Yeah starts going way off the tracks in my own head. And we all do it. We all do it. If there was a way to write down every phrase that I say at the end of every day, I just write down all of the things that I've told myself throughout the day. If I go back and reflect on them to see how many of those were like negative limiting beliefs and statements that I've made internally and how many of them were positive and then make it an exercise to go in and reframe the negative ones into something positive to get better at my own dialogue on a regular basis, because I don't think that it just happens naturally, you know, kudos to Thomas Edison's mom, if that was a true story, because that's freaking brilliant. I mean, amazing maternal instinct to protect your child. Right. And to present it in that way. But like, we're all so busy and we're all doing the best we can. And we're all trying to figure out how to not hinder our children and encourage them and not say the right thing or the wrong thing. Just who knows, right? It's like a free for all in survival mode half the time, trying to make sure everything stays on course to like know exactly how to reframe things. But with practice, if you did pay attention and you were aware and you started doing that as a regular thing, if that would then just like anything else become how you interpret and, and reflect statements and information back whether it be to your children, to your spouse, to your customers. I mean, think about it from that perspective. Like you don't just go to your customers with some type of negative information. You reframe it in a way that is no big deal or positive, or we got this under control kind of way. So I wonder why, like I'm able, I feel like I'm able to do that well, but when it comes to like the momming piece, I don't get Mm -hmm. it right very, I feel, well, I probably am being too hard on myself, but I don't feel like I get it right very often in that way. And probably because it's so close to me, you know? Yeah. Cause it means something. It's very, very personal, you know? Right. So if we can learn to like bring it back every time that starts to happen and get really good at practicing, I think I might start doing that. I think I might maybe take a couple of days and like start writing down what I'm saying to myself. And at the end of the day, look at it and see how can I get rid of some of that stuff that probably wasn't necessary in the first place. But then also, what are some of the things that I said that maybe I can reframe that would be encouraging to try something new or do it a different way versus like accepting that I'm just so stupid or that I failed or whatever my brain wants to tell me in the moment. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is that that's the definition of compassion and empathy, right? And it begins right here with me. If I can challenge myself to treat myself better, it will only ripple effect out to everyone else. If I can treat myself as if I am someone else in the way that I talk to myself, it will only allow me to pour from a full cup. I won't be empty on the inside from my negative chatter. Yeah. It's a, Being your own best friend, you know, being nice to yourself is much, much harder than anyone ever really realizes. Yeah. Because you're just so, so critical of yourself to keep you alive and keep you, keep you going. But can, that can quickly turn into some pretty harsh, harsh self-talk, you know? 
we're good at faking it in externally how we talk to ourselves. So we would never do that to others, but think about how much more we could give others, how much more conviction and belief we would have in what we're telling others and how we speak to them. If we were speaking to ourselves in that same way to begin with, if that was the normal, it's the idea that when you're on an airplane and they are explaining to you what to do when the oxygen mask comes down, it's counterintuitive to put it on first and not, you know, help the other people around you or help your own children. But if you don't put it on first, you don't have the ability to. Yeah, definitely an inside job. I was just going to say the exact same thing. If I had spoken at the same time, we would have said inside job simultaneously. Get out of my head. Hey, yo. Congratulations on investing into yourself and your growth. I hope you found this episode to be beneficial and feel proud of yourself for showing up. If you found this episode helpful, please consider sharing with someone else who may benefit from it too. I'd love to hear from you. So hit me up on all socials at Cameo Elise Braun. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow for new episodes and updates. Also, it's super important to mention, this is intended for entertainment and education through experience. None of it is fully known to be fact and is not a replacement for professional advice from a therapist or doctor. Thank you so much for being here with me. And be sure to thank yourself for showing up.